Welcome to the JMS Podcast for Jorge M. Sanchez. We made it to our 100th episode. Whoa, did I think we are going to make it here? No, but yes, we did. We are here, my dear listeners, and I can't thank you enough. Everybody who stuck by this podcast from the very beginning and everybody who caught it on somewhere in the middle or towards the end, I cannot help, I cannot, seriously, from the bottom of my fucking heart, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I don't even know where to start. Uh, I, 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 there's a lot to talk. There's a lot of emotions I would like to put out there. But at the end of the day, I just feel very grateful. Very grateful for, for the opportunities that this podcast has given me. I'm grateful for the support, and I'm uh, over, overall I'm just um, uh, very grateful. And again, um, I really didn't think I was gonna make it to 100th episode. I thought we were gonna last about 10 episodes, honestly. And here we are, and I had some great conversations with uh, with familiar faces and with uh, people uh, that I would never thought I could would talk to in the community. And um, yeah. I think uh, I think this is a big a milestone and accomplishment for this podcast to get this far. Uh, big shout out to all those people who uh, send me random messages saying they they tuned in and they really enjoyed the conversations. Uh, it really makes a lot of things worth it. And um, I I guess I found it very fitting that for the hundredth episode I should bring in the man, the legend, the myth, uh, David Fournier. David Fournier was the first guest I had on. He was on episode one. And uh, he played a pivotal role to this podcast uh, because he helped me put the gears in motion and to actually do it before my impulsiveness at the time uh, would have faded away. And uh, and so I was like, you know what? He's the first person there and he's, he's a really good friend of mine and a very close friend of mine. So I'm very honored to have him here as the hundredth episode. And uh, but um, after this episode, I am going to take a short break. Uh, I'm thinking about a week off. Uh, it might be two weeks. I don't know yet, but I'll be back. I am about eighty percent sure that I'll be back. The other twenty percent sure uh, is is uh, you know I got so many other projects lined up, and it depends how much time I need to put into those things and and this and that. But we will be back. Um, hopefully to shake things up. I'm getting more people involved with this podcast to help me run it. So uh, look forward to some extra new content coming up pretty soon. And also for more events and all that jazz. And uh, if you haven't already, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher Radio. You can follow me on this uh, on through social media at JMS Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and um, Instagram, there you go, and uh, you can also just send me an email at uh, jmspodcast at gmail.com, and please visit the JMS Podcast website at jmspodcast.com, and uh, yeah, check all those things out, uh, I'll still be posting some extra content, although these interviews are on hiatus for a little while. I think uh, I still got like another article or two to put put up there, and uh, let's see. Um, I don't know what else to tell you, people. Uh, in some ways, uh, me as a person, I've come a long way since the first episode. I think I've gone through about two breakups, um, a 
a couple changes. You know, I I was in the middle of my academic uh, journey at San Jose State when I first started the podcast. Now I'm done. I graduated. And um, some things are the same. I'm still the host of uh, for Scotty Comedy Nights on Wednesday nights. And um, however, some things change. People have come and gone. Um, I've noticed different things about myself. And I look back and I was on the first episode when I was just turning 25. And man, that, that guy was so naive what was come to him and all the opportunities that were that were heading his way. And I would not be possible without you people, you listeners, you supporters, you friends. Um, I just... I'm getting a little teary-eyed, but I mean it. I truly do. And for the, um, you know, for the most part, I, I think the community here in San Jose and the South Bay, you guys, um, some of you guys really embrace this podcast and with the content it provides and the um, the more, uh, how can I say this? Um, I mean, it's one thing to read an article about your favorite artist. It's a whole different thing when you could actually listen to them and listen to their stories and hear their voice and how they explain certain things. And I think this is what this podcast in some ways provides to this community is a more deeper sense of perspective to the artist, to the musician, to the poet about their life and you hear it straight out of their own mouths. And I'm really uh, happy that I could provide that for all you people who are interested. And uh, it, it, it can only get better from here. It really can. It can only get better from here. Oh, okay, that's enough about that before I start crying. Uh, David Fournier, he, just to remind you, he is part of the band Time Will Decide. It's with our, our other friend, uh, William Lineberry. Uh who has now started Line B Records, and um, yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna post uh, a recording of their latest songs that's available on SoundCloud. It is my love to give. This is a recording, and at the end of my conversation with David Fournier, uh, he performs a brand new song, an original song from him, called uh, Twitter Happy, and he plays an acoustic set here at the studio. And let's get right to it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and before we get there, one more time, I can't say it enough. Thank you so much for tuning in to the JMS podcast. And I'll and I'll uh, I'll see you all, guys and and girls and and women and men and everything else in between, pretty soon. So again, thank you, and uh, and I'll see you around. Oh 
you want to be like spontaneous and interview your your guests like you know in the moment but maybe while you're you're doing it you could um you know write down the questions you, you asked or like the time you know to give like some of the podcasts i've looked at um, underneath, you know, when it says the about section or like about this particular podcast, like you write summaries, which is great. And, but like, then there are like, you know, portions of the talk that they outline. So if someone wants to go back and listen, oh, what did, what music did David like or like this or that about the Really, podcast. David, I'm a hundred episodes in <laughs> and you're, you're telling me how to, how to run my own podcast. <laughs> Really? Is that, is, is that what the people want? Is that what the people want? Summer? Dude, as it is, this whole operation I have, it's already so much. I could barely handle it. <laughs> Last thing I need to spend more hours just filtering through everything and putting summaries. And No, I, I like making my listeners suffer. That's all right? true. All right? I have tough listeners. I, I would... They, I'm one of them. They 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 know they Just know some constructive criticism. They know that once they plug into an episode uh, and they get lost, well, that's it. You just gotta keep going with the flow. What what, po- what podcast do you listen to? Um, I don't know. Lately, I haven't. I, like, there's one by libraries. It's like the ALA, um, American Library Association, does one. God, I'm I'm falling asleep already. Uh. <laughs> like like it's it's librarians talking about libraries and how they run the libraries. More than that, I mean, like today, all right. For instance, are you recording? By the way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. For, so today uh, at the li- at the uh, Comic Con, the San Jose Public Library brought along our laser cutter, which I got to man. Um, you know, I got to show people, even though I've never like seen one before. Which by the <laughs> you, way, you got to operate it. Yeah, I'll I'll give you. By the way, I have a little <laughs> charm to give you. Um, it's from the laser cutter. This is yeah. a little like piece of the puzzle it, that we we made. Is it like a three D printer? Kind of. It, what it does is it. Um, I have I have a video of it. In fact, I, I think it's funny how you you never operated such a thing, and they made you do it in front of like in dozens f- and hundreds of people. In front of a <laughs> how was bunch that experience? And like I had to teach kids about. Uh, you had to teach him. I'd be like, oh, yeah, well, there's only so much in, in you know, uh, um, an elevator pitch or a speech. There's only so much I can show them. Yeah. And today, the uh, laser cutter it could only do one thing. Uh, we had it programmed to do one simple um, etch. Uh-huh. And it was, although it was really cool, um, you know, I... Uh, I had to like explain it and be like, oh, well, you can go into the public library if you're between the ages of 12 and 18 and create your own designs. You can add Wait graphic a minute. designs. You, you, you cannot be older than 18 to operate it? Yeah, well, yeah, technically, um, it's for our teen HQ center. This is uh, low. That's the laser. Okay. Uh, what David is showing me, is this a video? Yeah, he's showing me a video. I have no idea. It's like a printer. It's it a looks, 3D printer. It looks just like a 3D printer. Yeah, yeah. But dude, there's a little light source, and that light source is burning the yeah. um, 
whatever's below it. So right now, this is cardboard where we're testing it out. Is this at the MLK library? Uh, yeah. Is that what the printer's at? Yeah, the 3D printers are there too. It's only a matter of time before someone 3D prints a penis on that thing. Oh, oh, it's been done, dude. It must have been done. I mean, porn is like the biggest industry. For Not just for porn, because it's fucking kids. They're just fucking around. They're like, oh, I'm going to 3D a, a penis. Ha, ha. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that's fine, you know? Oh. But dude, oh my God, we made it to 100 episodes. And you were my first guest on the first episode. Congratulations. Now, you went back and listened to the episode. I, I, I couldn't build the courage to do so. Um, it's funny. My Jacob Wheels goes, yeah, I was listening to the first episode. And like, Jorge, you, you had a lot of angst back then. I'm like, no shit. Like, this whole thing started out of angst. I, I don't think I even lost that angst. But it's weird because I, I tried to go back. And I got like about 30 seconds in. And for some reason, I like sounded younger. I'm like I can't I can't listen to this. This is this no. So I, I never really got through it. But uh, you went uh, through the first episode and and oh what fond memories, huh, yeah. amigo? Hey, I, uh, it made me think about you know where I was then and where I am now. And I never would have imagined you know like after I wasn't in library school. Uh, yeah, a lot has happened since. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, time will decide you're still going. Yeah, that's I'm, true. I'm glad to say we're playing a show tomorrow on Sunday. Wait, wait, no, no, no. This episode's coming out on Sunday. So what? So, so, <laughs> so, so, so listeners, uh, when you're listening to this episode, we are currently at a show. Yeah. We will be currently performing at Cafe Verscotti for the Sofa Festival, which I, I got to thank you for putting me on the bill. Dude, yeah. uh, dude I got to thank you a lot. I, I got to thank you. Dude, it wasn't for you. Okay, we're going back. Hold on. If in some ways you played a big factor in getting this podcast started, because uh, as as I mentioned before, uh, it was an impulsive decision. I was I was going through this super angsty period, uh, like most other times in my life, and I remember I was like, I, in my memory it was like on my birthday, but I, I guess it's the night before my birthday, mm-hmm. and I was like, dude, I'm not, I'm not doing shit with my life. My life sucks. I have nothing, right? And, and then for some reason, it's like, I'm going to make a podcast just out of a whim, right? Mm-hmm. And But I had nothing to record a podcast on. And you were the first person I contacted about, hey, man, I want to make a podcast. And I believe your first response was like, hey, man, I have a microphone. and, <laughs> and, and Because you had the snowball, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I'm, let's come. And you came over and we did it. But, man, if you did not have that microphone, like I, I think I would have eventually just like gone over it. Like it was such an impulsive decision. Like if if I was given like another day or two to think about it, I probably would have been like, nah, I, I can't do a podcast. I'm not that person. Like you know, and, and I just would have been doing whatever else I'd be doing. So in some ways, uh, thank you for for providing that snowball microphone. And and as you can tell, the the it has built. We have better equipment now. Yeah, you've upgraded. Like, you've done moreover, like, uh, and, um, yeah, you, you went to a completely new level with it, and you're very, uh, tech savvy. You're, uh, you're good really. at social media. No, oh, God, no. Dude, you, I've seen your <laughs> Photoshop skills. I'm not, I can't even click on Photoshop skills. Oh, anymore. man. I don't uh, even use that. Well, hopefully, I'm gonna get some help pretty soon. Hopefully. Uh, I'm trying to get more people involved with this podcast. Uh, 
Yeah, it's growing. Yeah. And moreover, like, I'm honored to be the 100th guest. You're the first and the 100th guest. First and the 100th. Thank you. Yeah, who knows? This might be the very last one. <laughs> it comes for cir- full circle. I hope not, but uh, I, I've listened to some of the cool uh, interviews. You've gotten to interview Jane Wong. You interviewed uh, Marty Murillo. It's funny um, how you mentioned her first. Huh. Well, should we get into that? She might be listening to this episode. Perhaps. Well, uh-huh. well um, moreover, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. I was I was gonna say you also interviewed uh, Kurt Porter, Wally Schneidy. Um, it's, oh, it's Wally Schnally. I'm sorry, Wally Schnally. I fucked up his name the first time as well. Oh, dude, it was so bad. I went in for the interview. We started the interview, and my first things out of my my mouth were like Wally Schnall. He goes, no, it's actually Wally Schnally. I was, I was so embarrassed. I remember him saying that it rhymed. So yeah. I was like, Schneidy? Kind of similar. Dude, I've messed up so many names on this podcast. But you've made so many connections, and you've gotten to interview um, or uh, some really great thinkers, people who are uh, very influential, and uh, I mean, even as a listener, I feel like I've learned... Uh, a lot from from hearing people like James Devara, you know. I don't know who that is, but I, I do know <laughs> Winchester History Mouse. The, the Winchester History Mouse. He was a really interesting guy. Yeah, the I, shaman. I heard good things. Yeah, no, but you know what? In retrospect, I think that's the best aspect about this podcast that I really loved, uh, because uh, there were times where, like, you know, I I, I just don't want to talk to anybody today. You know, you know me. Sometimes I, I go through this uh, hermit thing, you know, where I, I just disappear for a bit. And but one thing that's been consistent is me doing these weekly podcasts for the most part, at least. Yeah. And there, there were times where I was like, man, I, I just had this big profile person over here in the community. You, you know, they're, they're gonna. I'm very insecure, pretty much. But once they sit down in front of me, and once I'm like, oh man, it's just a guy or it's just a a girl or whatever, and we start connecting. That's what I really loved about it. That that they came to a point where it's like, yeah, we're just talking about life and about their stuff, and 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 f- for those listeners who who've been in the long haul like yourself, and who 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 say that they learned along the way as well, it's like I'm learning with you guys, you know? Yeah. Like like I, I'm lear- like sometimes when a person comes sits in front of me, I don't know them at all, so it's like I'm learning with you guys, like. And when people ask me, it's like, oh, do you have questions, you know, before, like, like, like you wanted? I and I don't. I tried it a couple times, but it, it would just get in the way of the style, you know. I kept looking down instead of concentrating on what they're trying to tell me. I, I kept thinking of like, all right, when should I ask this next question? Instead of like, yeah, that's interesting. Let's go deeper. Oh, that's interesting. Why is that? So that's my, my the reason why I don't really do any questions necessarily. If I and I, I think that's a good strategy. After what after the show I just saw, I I went to Comic Con and um, I got to see uh, Steve uh, Waz uh, do an interview and like I'm sorry, but he's he's bad at <laughs> interview. He's really who, bad. Who was he interviewing? He interviewed two women who. Um, are involved in uh, science and technology 
and uh, they're talking about women in the uh, in the STEM field and right. how it's becoming more of um, of a thing. So uh, and a way f- an outlet for women to to get involved in. Mm. Um, and it was supposed to be encouraging. He thought of his own uh, questions though. Yeah. And they were just completely off topic. First off, they were off topic. Second off, he was looking at his phone. Yeah. Uh, like practically the whole time. Yeah. Uh, he asked stupid, kind of stupid questions like, yeah. "Are you hot or cold?" And <laughs> I swear, yeah. that you know, was it, a question you asked. You know what's, it's, it's funny you think you say that. And I find that a lot because um, we live here in San Jose, California, mm-hmm. Silicon Valley, you could say. Um, Who, where Steve Waz grew up in. Yeah. He's, he's San Jose uh, City College. But there's a lot of people who are high profile in the community here who uh, are not very good with um, those kind of interviews. Um, for example, and I can't blame them because they're kind of trained to be that way, uh, to be very technical like that. Uh but I feel the thing with with interviews, or at least because I, actually I don't I don't even like saying interviews. I'd say conversations. Mm-hmm. Like like for me, it's a big compliment when someone says, "Jorge, you're a great conversation." Conversation. I can see the fucking word. Yes, thank you. Uh, that's a much better term. Uh, because when I because when you're I was a speaker for Cinequest. Uh, when I covered you that one time, remember that one time I, I covered you because you couldn't do it. You got sick or some shit. You lost your voice. Yeah, you lost your voice. And at the at the time I was you know I was dating what's her name uh, I won't say her name on here but uh, but you're like hey well, can you cover me can you cover me and already the same question people did like I was a bit of a rebel when I was interning for them so but they're like I was like fuck it I did it. but anyway they gave me these questions to ask them mm-hmm. that were not related to the film mm. you know they're kind of questions like you know oh what do you do and this what's your hobby yeah oh what's yeah. what's what's your favorite color or stuff. And a lot of that came from the top management down. Like I, I know that certain people, that's what they wanted. Cause and I, and the idea was like, oh, let's you know, see about them personal. But I think in in that context, it's important to hear them talk about their work. It's important to hear to talk about the film they made, the film that we just saw, and mm-hmm. stick with that. So I just you know threw away the, the postcard, and I just asked him, I was like, hey. What was the reason behind this scene, and, and what's the theme behind that, and what equipment did you use? And because for me as a filmmaker, that's what I would like to know. But like, but that's an example. I feel like sometimes people think is a uh, to 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 ask irreverent questions is like a hip thing to do, mm-hmm. and they feel like they could get more out of a person that way. But I disagree because you know that person because of A and B. So I, I think you should stick with those A and B questions. Well, again, it, it depends on context. I don't say I don't think you should do that for all interviews, but I don't know. Well, does the, that make sense? Yes, and the reason that's good is because either you're asking them a specific question that has to deal with the matter at hand, which is like the movie. If they're at Cinequest, they're there for a reason, uh, and it's to talk about this movie and promote the movie. Uh, similarly, at at this Comic Con festival, it was dedicated to to STEM or STEAM for female in science for envi- women yeah. in science and Tech uh, fields. physics, physics, yeah, and robotics. And um, a the question, some most of the questions he asked 
were not open-ended. It wasn't like, oh, uh, why do you prefer warm weather or, or cold weather? It was A or B. A or B. It's like one word oh. answers. That's one, one reason it was bad. Yeah. Two, it had nothing to do with the subject matter. Three, he wasn't even looking at them. Uh, yeah. And there were cameras, so many cameras around us. It's like, yeah. you know. I, but I, I get it. I'm not, I'm not trying to, um, you know. It, it's something. You and I were, we're hosts and we're uh, interviewers and used to asking questions. He's using, he's used to being asked questions, huh. and I think that's that is a different. Thing. Well, I, I feel in our culture, we're kind of losing that sense of of simply asking a person um, uh, relevant questions. For example, we, we live in a society where things come because of technology, because of social media. We want things fast mm-hmm. and short to move on to the next thing. And, and, I, and I feel that's that's kind of common. Where you know someone will feel like, all right, let's get to this question, let's get to that question, and and fuck, try to make a connection here. Let's just do it for the photos. Let's just you know, because at the end of the day, Steve Wozniak is interviewing them. Yeah, it's a lot just of pictures, pictures, a lot of film. It, exactly, it, it's gonna look cool, you know, yeah. and all that. And I feel like there's um, more concentration on how someone or something's being branded. As opposed to the substance of that thing, does that make sense? Yeah, I can see that. And a part of it is because we we are at the age of controlling information. There might be things that we don't want to know about these people. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe they might bring up how how uh, how uh, some fields are sexist towards women in totally. in science and, and tech industry and, that has and stuff like come that. Come up in uh, in different. Uh, areas like TED Talks or uh, yeah. uh, you know other festivals and uh, con fests. Yeah, and but 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 fuck that. Let's just talk about if you're warm or cold or or hot. You know, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Uh, I wasn't there. It uh, it was it was. Uh, I think. But you remind me. I, also, I, I, I try. I, I, we shouldn't be talking because I tried to get Wozniak in here once. Get out. Really? Yeah, yeah. I sent him an email. Uh, so, 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 so. It, this was my chance. I could have said, "Hey, will you do JMS hundredth <laughs> episode?" Like I would have totally. I'll be a hundred and one. I'll be a hundred and two. It doesn't matter. You can no, always get dude, me back. I, I was naive, man. I asked him but, like around the thirtieth episode. Did he respond? And he did. Oh my god! Uh, but with only with with, with one only, word with with four letters. No, four words. Four, four words. words. Uh, it was like uh, no thanks. Too busy. Uh, yeah. He did say yeah. several times during the interview. He's too busy to read books. He's too busy to. Yeah. Uh, do things that he wants to do. He's never uh, done the. Was it if you? Uh, they're like zero gravity simulators. You mm-hmm. know, he's too busy to do those. Even yeah. though, like, I'm sure they'll do it off hours for him at a dime, a drop of a dime. And the, the, and the thing, my problem, like, 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 I understand that, but sometimes my ego gets in the way. Like, I think I think we mentioned this with a mutual friend of ours. This like I kept trying to get him on the podcast, mm-hmm. and he's just busy. He's busy. Mm-hmm. Reality is, he's very busy. But like a, a part of my ego goes, "Come on, dude! You can't take an hour out of your twenty-four hour day yeah. to talk to me. That's all it takes. Just come here, maybe like, five minutes to park, say hello, get a cup of tea." It does take about like 
well, after recording an hour and getting here and, and I mean, you fed me and I always love uh, well, coming here. And well, I had to bribe you somehow to get on this, hey. <laughs> to get on this podcast again. Dude, no, I'm I, just kidding. I, would, I would come here. But, but th- that's what I'm saying. Like for, for me, especially early on, oh, I forgot. is that your phone or my phone? Yours. Was it was a rookie mistake. A yeah. rookie mistake. <laughs> Man, a hundred episodes in, I still forget to put to airplane mode. To not silence your phone while you're in an interview. Sorry. See, <laughs> see, maybe I, I wouldn't be any different than Waz up there. Like in the middle of my interview, my phone will go off. <laughs> like, wait, wait, guys. I, I need to see if it's another like on my social media. Uh, what was I talking about? Oh, like a part of me is like, man, Wozniak, really? You couldn't take an hour off your time to sit down with me like a nobody? I mean, like, yeah, this guy, uh, <laughs> although I, I also give him, him credit, of course, because after he, you know, co-founded Apple or uh, he went to go teach uh, at was Los Altos High School or Los Galas, I, I don't know which one, but he taught for eight years. And that was basically him volunteering his time to teach students, uh, like in middle school and in high school, and uh, and you know, like, dude, you can get paid for just holding a Coke can in your hand, and you chose to dedicate hours of your precious time to teaching kids. Uh, I, I, my hat's off to him, I, of course. My, I'm with all due respect. Like, he's done so much, and he's a lot older than you and I. And we, uh, you and I, I don't think have any idea of what like busy means. Yeah. I don't feel it yeah. yet. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, I don't work a full time job. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't have you know kids to take care of, or like. But it just tells you like how how narcissistic we can be. You know, I know. Like, like I forget, I forget. Like, and it's weird. I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, but it's like my mid twenties. I'm really getting like, an idea. I was like, oh shit, every everybody else have lives. Well, hello. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> Don't even mention. But let's just go. No, on. no. Let's the, just roll the, with it. All right. The listeners deserve to know. Uh, we we <laughs> pretty much uh, the podcast stopped recording. <laughs> And me, 20 minutes ago <laughs> and me and David just rambled on until we just noticed about like 15 20, 20 minutes later like oh shit like it stopped recording a while back oh. out of 199 episodes this hasn't happened to me <laughs> it is the 100th episode wow I am so going. sorry to my listeners I'm so sorry to you David don't worry but, uh, well, we had a really interesting conversation, though. We went through a variety of things. We talked about scholarships and, and grants. <laughs> and we also... Volunteering. Did, volunteering. We talked about... Um, Our friends, how we started out. Did we get to the um, uh, Silicon Comic, Comic-Con? Uh, the bad Steve Waz interview? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Uh, anyways, um... I, I think I left off when I was ranting about how uh, Wozniak um, uh, I asked Wozniak to be a guest on this podcast you got four words back four words back um, uh, too busy sorry or some shit like that I already forgot um, but uh, yeah I'm wow wow it's wow. cool though it's alright we can we, we, we were talking and it's natural with, with you is um, it yeah, I mean, I I feel completely at ease. Um, yeah, but you know, I guess the listeners didn't miss that much. 
we just rambled on, but whatever. There's there's, there's so much to, <laughs> but um. But what what we were talking about is that me and you and we have a group of friends that we all started for Scotty. Mm. Uh, it, it was Israel, Marty, Wild Bill, um, and then as, as we went on and we grew up together, we got other people involved as well. Jake Wickman, one of them. Mm-hmm. And that uh, you got compliments from Israel and Marty that that they were very helpful. That you were there to support them when when they were kind of starting out in mm-hmm. the community in downtown when they were just starting. I'd like to no because Israel already had a history of music before behind him. That's true. I, I think when he started performing at Frascati, it's kind of like a reemergence of a different era of Israel. Yeah. Uh, and and, um, and Marty, what thing was just starting out? Marty was just starting out. But, uh, and then there was this other girl, um, Esther Young, who, uh, has been coming, um, out to events. She came to Grizzly Rob's event yesterday, and, um, she also, uh, she complimented me, uh, um, and said that, you know, if it wasn't for me and for Scotty, that she wouldn't have been there, and she heard about Marty through me, and, um, and yeah, I, I like... I, I'm not only pleased to to hear stuff like that when it's genuine, but I like talking, you know, up up uh, other performers. Like, there's a lot of great artists that I've gotten to know. Uh, Marty is one of uh, one of them, and and he's a great artist. Um, and I don't think he gives himself enough credit, uh, so I'll give it to him, you know. <laughs> but uh, but you are also. Uh, 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 I don't even a good hear. artist. Yeah, yeah, I try. Yeah, well, for, for for playing Sofa Fest, um, or Sofa Fair. Yeah, you know the Sofa Fair, uh, the Sofa Festival. What the whatever the fuck. Sofa Street Fair. Yeah, yeah. Which it's is tomorrow. Sun tonight today. Because remember today Sunday. Today's because this episode's coming on Sunday. So well, I think we already mentioned that while people are listening to this podcast, we are we will be playing music at Frascati. Mm-hmm. And it still shocks me that I'm playing after Cola. Like, really? Yeah, man. well, that's cool. It is cool, but I'm, like, intimidated now. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I, how can I... Uh, I'll, I, I wanna, um, there's also, like, while I was messaging everyone um, ab- about the opportunity, and I started, you know, people started signing on and saying, yeah, what am, am up for it? Uh, <laughs> there was a funny moment where I was like, oh, I, I wish... Um, because I asked the people um who were in producing the event. Uh, I said, "Is there a budget? You know, I can pay these artists, and I could get camera guys involved." And and um, they said, "No, unfortunately not." And I I told that to the group. And I said, "All I I wish I could uh I could pay you. Um, I'm sorry. There's there's not much more I can offer." Uh, and and right then in a separate message. Cliff said, uh, Cliff Rawson said, could I get less? And, and I was like, oh, like, what are you going to pay us? Uh, but that's not what he meant. He was talking about something different, unrelated. But I thought it was funny. Wait, hold on. So you, you thought that he he offered to be paid less to give everybody else a chance to get paid? Yeah, something like that. Like, <laughs> but, it, but it was actually unrelated. It was to a separate else. comment, uh, okay. uh, you know, conversation. What do you want less of? He want he wanted less time. Um, oh. I I told everyone they get you know forty five minutes to an hour, and he said he wanted less. 
And I was like, okay, That's well then. That's a bit, man. An that hour? Mean, that means I can I can recruit someone else. And That's like headline status. Jorge Sanchez. To the oh, so team. I'm just a filler? No. Really? Well, they, uh, they asked me, you know, like, can you get like seven people on there? And I, I thought, you know, Marty, um, who then referred uh, Drew Story, he said, can, I, can you get Drew Story on there? And I was like, yeah, I guess we can. It makes my job easier. Uh, and then uh, Rafi Espertu, um responded, uh, and we got Cliff responded. I was pretty surprised. I was glad he said yes. And uh, oh, he's busy. He's playing two stages. Yeah, he's playing our stage and he's playing another stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, is he bringing his band or just him solo? Um, that was that was kind of up in the air. Uh, I think he convinced his band to come. Mm. So do, I think do, do an acoustic version, maybe. Maybe, maybe. yeah. We'll see. We'll see what uh, time will decide. <laughs> wow, time will decide is a part of uh, David's band. Yeah, which I knew we were on the uh, when they said uh, get seven bands. That really translated in my mind like get six other bands. <laughs> 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 Time with decide comes with the package. Comes with the Dave Fournier package. Exactly. If you want me to take the band. Um, Who is the current members of Time with Decide? It's you, Wild Bill, and, and Jake Wickman. Jake Wickman. Yeah. Jake is managing the Fairmont um, uh, stage, though. Uh, so he can't. So make it's just it. you and Wild Bill? Just me and, and uh, yeah, Line B Productions. Line. You and Wild, uh, William Lineberry. Yeah. And, um,. And I, I'm also, I think we we talked about how long time will decide has been going for, and like, I'm I'm just completely indebted to uh, Will, and he's been he's been a great support system um, for me, and you know this transition from Boston to here um, was made easier through him, and. Um, yeah, I, I've I've got a lot of respect for that man. He's he's doing um uh his his big exam um yeah Friday today. Oh uh, shit! But uh well, well, we'll he's see. been trying to pass this for a while. Yeah, it. I mean, it is that man works. You know, we were, we were talking about how um our our time um as Steve Law said is limited um you know some of us feel like we're we're spread too thin and um there that man is pretty damn thin <laughs> he spreads his time uh, um not only to his profession doing um engineering for the the past 8 years as a professional um, in training, mind you, you know, uh, so he's, he's, t- he's, um, taken upon himself the role of, of an understudy almost like, you know, he's, he's really dedicated to learning from you're, others. Are you talking about Wozniak or are you talking about Will, Wild Bill? Will Long- Wild Bill. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Will Longberry. And, um, and yeah, he's always, um, an avid learner. And um, willing to uh, take criticism or uh, uh, feed constructive feedback from people, he wants to improve himself, 
that's one one lesson I've I've definitely gained from him. Um, and and he spends his time that uh, he almost doesn't have um, to to music, which yeah. which has been it's been amazing for me uh, as someone you know who's been playing music for a long time. I get to see people who uh, like Marty or Will uh, who have just like discovered the, the magic of, of music and then to go so far as to say you know I, I'll do this till um, till I find the end of the earth or you know I'll, I'll, I'll do it for, as my full time gig yeah. you know well I feel like I have a bit of guilt um, performing music because I I like performing music. I I think it's a good uh, uh, activity to to hone in on my writing skills and also my performance skills. Um, but there's a sense of guilt. Like for example, I'm on the bill for the Sofa Festival. I'm I'm grateful for the opportunity. It's gonna be fun. But a part of me is like, you know what? All these other people really dedicate their time to this, and a lot of people out there like. Like, like you, Marty, Israel, Wild Limeberry, you guys do this like 24-7. You guys think about 24-7. Me, on the other hand, I'm like, yeah, I'm doing music. I'm doing podcasting. I'm doing film. I'm doing a bunch of other things that I feel like I almost should not even be in the same category as you guys. And I think that's where a lot of my insecurity comes from. And I think that kind of feeds into the anger I bring into my, to my performance uh, of like, of like, why am I here? I shouldn't be here. Why do you guys even like my music? Like, and a part of me is like, sometimes I have to look back and slow down. I'm like, you know what? I'm here for a reason. It's not like they're. It's not like you guys pity me. I hope you guys are not pitying me. So I was like, all right, there. I'm, I'm here for, I'm for a reason. So I'm also give what I got, what's available to me. And this concept of time, you're right. The most valuable thing a human being can give to another is his time or her time. Uh, money comes and goes. I believe it. You can never get time back. Exactly. Um, and that's another hard lesson I'm learning recently. It's like, oh shit! Like I, I really got to step into gear with my endeavors and really pick and choose what to get into, what not to get into, and which to cut loose and which not. And which, is, which is always a hard thing for me. It's always hard for me to give up something. Mm-hmm. Uh, that 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 I I, I am pulled strongly. Uh, which is why I was really inspired when Martin Scorsese says that he had he it took him ten years to make his recent film Silence. Because so I'm like fuck if someone like Scorsese has to take him that long to make a film like that's modestly budget wise, uh, then that that says a lot about this creative endeavor that we get ourselves into, and and that's the thing it's like you really nothing's gonna come fast, and if it does come fast, you're you're most likely not prepared for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I was thinking of this today or the other day, where where I was like, you you kind of need a lot of years to be shitty at your craft. I mean, and what I shitty and get off be given big opportunities. Me, I, I daydream about getting opportunities in Hollywood or getting opportunities for studios, getting opportunities for TV networks. But I'm thinking, it's like, dude, if I get an opportunity right now, 
to like help create a, a show for whatever for the Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm ready for it. I'll still do it, but really? I I would, but I don't think like if they would ask me five years from now and and you know hopefully I'm still doing what I'm doing and hopefully getting better. Now I'll be in a, in a much better position to handle that money. Because I was thinking, like, a lot of people complained, like, you know, man, I could do that if I had X amount of money. But my, 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 and I was like, wait, you need to learn how to work on your craft with no money. So when the money is, is there, you know how to spend it. As opposed to not working on your craft, and when you do get that money, you wouldn't know how to spend it. You, you would unblow it on things that, that, they, that, that would just go to nothing as opposed to doing years of that craft with with zero pay and and like and once you get like hey you got that thousand dollar opportunity you know exactly where you need to put those thousand dollars at mm-hmm. and that's what I was thinking about I was like man if I got paid a lot right now to go write for an FX show uh, I don't think I would deserve it as much I think I'll fuck it up uh, but you know I think this is why it's important to spend a lot of years working on your craft, being shitty at your craft, and, and, and knowing when to improve. And, and, and that's how I relate to music. You know, it's in some ways, like, I have a long way to go. I think I'm a better musician than I was a year ago. But even that, it's like, instead of being angry and guilty of being a musician as I am now, I should embrace it and, and really hone in on it when I, when I have the time for it. Does that make sense? I just rambled on. Yeah, uh, and I, I agree. Uh, I also feel that um, for many opportunities in life, whether it's to travel or uh, pursue your dreams or you get a big job opportunity, I mean, like, you... It almost... It, it never happens that all the stars align and all the planets align and that everything's good. You have the money, you have the time, you have the um, the resources. Most importantly, you have your health. Um, some people, uh, you know, they might have the money, they might have the time, they don't have the health. They have the um, health, they have the time, they don't have the money. They... Uh, or... or yeah, those three things seem very crucial and very rarely uh, do they all kind of align themselves. You know, if you got offered, let's say, by Netflix to do uh, a show, they uh, they might say, you know, we need you to do one tomorrow morning. <gasps> I got work. Uh, you're a working man now, Jorge. And it's like, you've got responsibilities. Um, and... Uh, if uh, if you don't mind me also segueing, I, I I believe I mentioned to you about my uh, my training today was on mental health, and uh, I watched a short video about this woman who was deeply impacted by 9/11 um, when she almost lost her sister in the terrorist attacks, and uh, she got to the point where she was so depressed that she uh, lost her job, which she held for over 30 years, and she um, lost a lot of friends, and, and um, you know, her, her health, her money was wearing thin, um, and it's, it, it, it was, it made me think about, you know, 
health, um, mental well-being, and uh, and that that that's why I, I totally believe that's a one of those main factors that we can't always depend on. When you've got it, you're you're so fortunate to have it that you don't realize it. Um, and uh, sorry, I, I had to maybe make that mention. That's okay. Um, but but I, I think that it is important and very rarely do we have all the things that we need to pursue our dreams I think we can some people are just you know maybe crazy enough uh, like Israel to take a leap of faith to just um, say he's gonna go for it and um, make it work Um, and in fact Captain Kirk uh, William Shatner was famous for saying make it so <laughs> so you know what I'm saying yeah, um, yeah. and uh, and if if we you know do that if we make it so we might lose other opportunities you might lose out on other things uh, you could have done you know um, or relationships if you were in a relationship now would you travel um, uh, across the globe for a golden opportunity with the uh, with the uh, with the person. What do you mean by that? No, like uh, like if I was in a relationship right now yeah. and, I, and I got an opportunity in China, uh-huh. uh, would I go? Yeah. yeah. If she had an opportunity, yeah, she should go. What if she didn't? She what, if, what if you know? Uh, what if it, uh, it, visa things like you know uh, that's coming up a lot now? Is what do you mean visa? Uh, I mean uh, a lot of. Um, today's conversations might might be a matter of oh I'm restricted from going there <laughs> but that's a whole different subject I mean that's a whole different point your point was if you're in a relationship with someone mm-hmm. would you or would you let that person go far for an opportunity I suppose so yeah I say yeah uh, I, but if that well, I had a conversation like that with my ex my recent ex and I told her it's like hey if you get an opportunity in New York to be to be a critic you take it, like forget me, forget it. you. You take it, and and likewise for me. If I if I get an opportunity, um, in in where where I go, it's like I love you, baby, but you know I I, I gotta follow my dreams, which which made it harder when we when we broke up, and then I went to go see La La Land, and that's a pretty big theme in La La Land, is sometimes you have to sacrifice, uh, love for the sake of dreams, and it just hit me. I was like, fuck. It's much easier said than done, that's for sure. Like most things. But I feel if you're young, um, and you get those big opportunities to travel anywhere, mm-hmm. uh, you need to um, you need to let them go and experience that, and you need to you need to have a partner to, that understands that you should go and do that. Because how many opportunities in this life are you gonna have to go to China or to go anywhere else? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Especially while we're young. It's, yeah. It's Don't get wrong, dude. In my, tw- in my early 20s, I probably would have been stupid. Like, I think my, my longest relationship, I was pretty... I was, I was an idiot, honestly. I, I don't know. Like, it, oh, my God. <laughs> and her, I was deeply in love with, too. I, I don't think I would have liked that she would have gone far for an opportunity. But looking back now, I was like, yeah, she, she, she should go. And, and, and if, if there's any point where she goes, good. You know, it's just... 
It's if, different. It, it's, uh, if you go, there will be trouble. If you stay, there will be double. It, it, it's funny thing you say that because you, you, you're talking about you know Wozniak, him interviewing these two women in STEM program, mm-hmm. you know, women in, in science and tech field. I almost w- want to tell women out there who are getting into science and tech field is do not gain a relation. If you're in your twenties and you're a female, do not gain a relationship in your in your twenties. Careful, careful. Uh, <laughs> no, because. It, uh, us guys will be a distraction. We will. There's a higher chance of us fucking up your plans. There's a higher chance of us. So I and I, I'm only saying this because it's kind of relevant to me right now. I, I have a very good friend. Uh, uh, me and her go way back, and she's so smart. Um, and she's doing. Uh, she. Oh my gosh, dude. She's involved in, in a lot of uh, student government. She's a lot. She's involved in STEM. She's in one of the top class in engineering and bio stuff. She. She in NASA. So when she graduated, she had a, a lot of great opportunities. And she did. You know, she, she got this great job, you know, for Boston Scientific. The thing is, is that she, right now she has a boyfriend. And I don't like that fucker. Leave him. And it came, uh, and, and it came to a point where I, I, I didn't want to hang out with her and, and my other friends because he was going to be there. Yeah. And I'm like, it was only a matter of time before I knock his fucking teeth out. It was only a matter Like, I, I know myself. I'm really a short fuse. This, yeah. Uh He's a little bitch. He acts like one, and and the way he he, he would treat her, I was like really. And, and for me, like I had a bad experience getting involved in some other friends' relationship like that, where I'd be like, "Hey, this is not good." Like she's my new, whole different story. Anyway, uh, so I didn't say anything. So I was like, you know what? It seems like they like the guy. My other friends like the guy. I'll just let it be. I got my own stuff to worry about. And then it came recently. I find out that my other friends around her also don't like her boyfriend. Mm. And on top of that. Her boyfriend, her, her her boyfriend is really uh, fucking up her, her her rhythm because he he's holding be, her back. He's holding her back, you know. He he he's he's really uh, making her insecure. You know, she's been she's been offered opportunities and he's always trying to get it in the middle, of trying to tell her what to do, and uh, and that really pisses me off. And I'm like, oh my! God. And it's like her and others, and and they get in that position when you're young and you get and you're like have a lot of great stuff in front of you. A relationship will be a fucking train wreck. I may be exaggerating. Maybe you fought, you you got the good guy. Maybe you got a good girl to support you. But I don't. I'm just saying that one thing to fuck up dreams in an early age is being involved in a toxic relationship. And that's something to and that's something to think about. Any age, toxic relationships. Of course, but especially in your twenties. Especially, especially in your twenties, because there's so many opportunities. Because in your twenties, you're laying the groundwork for hopefully a career, or hopefully for a lifestyle. And the last thing you want is some fucking asshole to become like, no, you can't do that, or 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 if you do that, just add extra baggage you really don't need. I agree. And it's harder in your, especially if it's like your first couple of relationships. You're you're being really nice. Her problem is she is too fucking nice, you know. And 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 that's caught me. My first relationship, I was way too fucking nice myself. Well, not all the time, but like I was, I was, a, I was an asshole. But anyway, point is, is that you need. Uh, how can I put this properly? You need to somehow understand at an early age to realize if this relationship is toxic or not. And I know in the present, it's a scary thing to break up. I know it's like it's, it, may, it may it may be like an extra pressure. It's like I can't break up with him now. It's like you know we're in the, 
trust me, in the long term, if it's a toxic relationship, it is the best decision you can make for you and your future. So that's my advice for any women out there in STEM. Is stay single. Trust me, you're not missing out. Mm. Except, <laughs> you know, except on great guys like Jorge and I. <laughs> but we'll encourage you. You, you, yes. David, <laughs> oh my, you're such a nice guy, man. Any girl would be lucky to have you. Oh, you sound like my mother. <laughs> True story. No, even now, man. Even now. Like, now that I think my, you know, with my recent ex, I, I was in a pretty fucked up place. Uh, you need to be comfortable with yourself in order to, um, I think, be with, with you know, with someone. That, that 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 breakup, that recent breakup, was the closest to me giving up everything. Not because of the breakup, though. Not it was an, it was a factor. Because I remember I just graduated, and she broke up with me at the same time. So here it was recent graduate. And I'm like, I really don't have. The, if there's any moment in my life to give up everything I have here in San Jose and move on like and, and try opportunities in other cities that would have been the moment yeah. and and uh, and you know me I get impulsive sometimes like you sorry that's the end of this podcast that's the end of of, of hosting comedy at, for Scotty that's the yeah, end of man. and I, I took a hard look at myself and, and, and that, that's where I was like you know what it's the people here that really, that really made me stay. Because I really didn't have any other reason to stay besides friends like you and other friends. I'm honored. Um, and and so th- that was the closest to me, like really picking up my stuff and just leaving. Because I, I I had nothing but green lights. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I think you could have made it too. <laughs> Sorry to say, <laughs> you're holding me back, David. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's I, I don't like to think about it too much. <laughs> I mean, like we talked, we talked with uh, Israel uh, while he was saying, you know, uh, that he gets up every day and and goes for it. He always has, you know, shows lined up, and and uh, it's going to continue to do this. Um, and I, I um, not only do I see that in him, but it's that's not to make it sound like it's easy you know like you know he and other artists or people that dedicate themselves or that are trying to make something out of their craft um are struggling and uh you know we uh yeah i i think you can either support them emotionally financially or um or you can be a hater and a, a stupid troll which is one one thing I heard this girl say she was a troll herself who say I, this g- woman that was interviewed by uh, Steve Waz she said she's a troll and that she would like you know hate on on some people on online I was like nah don't like you anymore <laughs> wait kidding. what are you talking about hold on the girl who was interviewed for the stem um, she, she was a, a troll herself she said she's a self-proclaimed troll and I was like, oh, you know, but well, you know me, I can be a hater. You know me. Yeah, we, I, I, I guess we all can. I, I think though, trolls are are uh, chronically haters, and you know, it's it's a new phenomenon. And, and no, I don't think it's a new phenomenon. You know, I th- I think it's more it's more people are brutal. I feel on it's the more. Internet. I feel I feel it's more blatant because of the internet. 
But I think we always had this competitive edge to each other. Yeah, but it's that anonymity that, you know, like, if, if you don't have to say who you are, um, I, I actually, I read a, uh, interesting article about this, and I wrote a report on it, that in Norway, there's a, there was a study, um, uh, and it was focusing on, um, the comment boxes in Norwegian newspapers, um, right after they had a terrorist attack in 2011, um, in Norway, and immediately afterwards, the newspapers, the main ones, um, would have their comment boxes like blow up with with you know racial uh, allegations and like really controversial things came to light. And the article was looking at the ways that um, that newspapers, news editors are. Um, are are not censoring these, but they're uh, controlling the comment uh, boxes. So if it's irrelevant, they have someone looking over all those comments and uh, taking out. You know, if they don't like what you're saying, or if it's irrelevant, if it's just hateful, if it's like doesn't have to do with the news, they'll take it out. Similarly, there are ways that uh, there are some. Uh, news outlets that will let you comment uh, and an anonymously. So if you can do that, you're you know without um, imp I don't know if the impunity is the the word, but um, without consequence, uh, you can make racial remarks and totally. Well, the, it, it's it's becoming a real problem. The concept of gatekeepers is changing, you know, especially on TV. The internet has changed that for sure. Uh huh. There's really no big gatekeepers anymore. Yeah, they're, they're, people could go different avenues to do almost anything. And I I read a study, not a study, but an article where some people sometimes it's psychological. Sometimes people get a high out of talking shit anonymously, anonymously online. Yeah. Of trolling. Some people like the the idea that they're doing something naughty. Uh, Naughty. Uh, on the side, like I, I don't know why I said in a British accent. Mm. Naughty, uh, and and it's, it just tells you something about. I think it's part of human nature. I I, I think it's just now we have a way of expressing it. Uh, I think uh, we we always in some ways, um, exp have this feeling of, what's the word I'm looking for? I want to say envy necessarily, but to do emotional harm kind of like for example uh, for the longest time we're, we're, we're kind of repressed emotionally yeah. in Mexico in other other countries I feel it is more common to to have people be assholes and like be and be like open about it and like it's not a big deal like, oh, he's a fucking puto. Fuck that guy. Yeah, no big deal. But here in the United States, especially in the Bay Area, there's this concept of everybody needs to be nice so and polite. peaceful and polite. Yeah, and, and, Americans and, are just like that. And, and, and sometimes when you do that, you kind of, with the intent of, like, getting rid of, of like, um, you know, the opposite, sometimes it just keeps it boiling under the surface. And now that they have an opportunity to express it, they go, like, full out. 
Uh, I think for uh, I does that also, make sense? Like uh, yes, I I also want to mention I we, I, we we bottle our emotions up completely, and, and that's something that was I telling you this. I was telling somebody because somebody asked me is like me being a comedian, like do I ever feel like I always have to put on a face or like a, a mask? And I say no because I make sure that my mask is thin, like I make sure to to to. To be myself as much as I can when I'm performing, whether it's podcasting, whether it's comedy, whether it's music, I'm always have to infuse something myself because I feel that's both a strength and a weakness. Mm-hmm. The way I am with you, I'm not gonna be fake because it's hard for me to hide my emotions. If you catch me one day and I'm pissed off, I'm gonna unfortunately I might you know do something shitty to you. If I'm sad, you know, you're I, human. I I carry my heart in my sleeve, as opposed to like repressing that and putting on a mask and pretending like I'm happy all the time and and I think that those kind of people after after a certain point they they break and and, and they end up doing something extreme if I if, yeah if I can interject there I also I watched a really cool TED talk I'm all about TED talks and and um I I however I can't remember the people's names or the the subject but I'll uh, send you the link so you can put it in here, maybe. <laughs> sure. And there's um. Well, that's a nice thing about the uh, internet and technologies, you yeah. know. But um, but this woman uh, she had she's kind of she's not a comedian like by trade. She did this um, comedian by trade. <laughs> she did this performance though, which was very funny. Um. But she talked about um, mental uh, illness, and she herself had a mental breakdown, and uh, you know she talks about going through that and why it, um, uh, she she had a different perspective on it though. She said that you know the twenty first century has created um, so many barriers where you know we're the ones who are who are suppressing our emotions and, and our animal instincts whether it's sexual or violent or um, you know we can't we can't all be um, in, in our society we can't all be like beasts or just say what we want to say do what we want to do there are laws uh, we can you know we constrict ourselves to and our human mo- emotions fight or flight you know um that's just one of them uh i think also sexual emotions is, is something anxiety that almost anxiety driven um if you're sexually frustrated um you might you know potentially lash out or or do something and and uh it's she said very eloquently that uh, your dog, your animals, your dogs are are happier than you are. Uh, and she, that was like the main point she was trying to make is that our animals, our pets, are more content than well, we are because you can't, you know, you get angry at a policeman, um, and you want to just like f- kill him or or fight him. Wait, but dude, you can't. Dude, calm down. All right, first of all, if if dogs have to do with half the shit we as humans have to do with. They'll lose their shit themselves, all right? That's totally my point. Uh, the, 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 it's just how complex we are as humans. 
people, I don't think people really look into it as much. I think we love to brush it off. But I think you have to understand that there's a particular reason why we have this evolutionary trait with our emotions. That not other animals may have it and they do it a different way. It manifests itself a different way. But us humans, uh, we have this weird catch-22 thing where we are forward-thinking in technology, you know, from the first stone carved to a tool, so now we have computers. But one thing that has remained the same is is our emotions. You know, the stories of, 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 of betrayal, of jealousy, of happiness, of love that were written in, in stories a thousand years ago, and what the Greeks philosophized, even hunt, uh, why, even the first caveman paintings, that what's considered beautiful, what certain colors to express certain feelings and emotions, is the same of what we have now. We That's a consistent uh, trait we have in us. And I don't think that's necessarily an accident. There's a reason for that. Everything else changes. Laws change. Countries change. The way we eat our food changes. The, 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 the way we tra- Everything changes. But one thing that stays the same is our, is our emotional beings. And, and it's now with, with the internet and, 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 and uh, well, maybe in the future. Point is, is that uh, w- an aspect of humans that people are not really looking at and, and being open about is, is our emotional. And, and that's that what I was trying to get at earlier is in countries like in Mexico, where you could be an asshole and still be okay in society because people will understand you while you're an asshole. Here, you're an asshole. And with the, through the internet, you're like, we need to destroy that man's career. We need to make sure he's not part of our society. You'll never play in this town again. <laughs> it's more about like, dude, like, why are you an asshole? I, I emphasize why you're an asshole now. I get it. Life sucks. And I think that's what we're, we're kind of missing. Instead, of we're like, no, dude, you, you're, you're just making excuses. It's like, no, sometimes you have to be like, yeah, you're right, man. It fucking sucks. I'm here with you. I, I I agree. We're in agreement. That, Are we? Yes. I, I think that emotions have stayed consistent. Our instincts have stayed consistent throughout the ages. And um, I think we were built like this. What we weren't built to do, though, is be in cities. And we weren't built for computers. And we weren't built to... Uh, I don't know about that. I, th- I think I disagree there. Well, well, hear me out though. Um, I, I mean, the the computers we're we're staring at them. We're becoming more isolated. It's it's turned us in many ways. A lot of us has started to lose our minds or or become hermits. Um, we, you know, like like here's another example. Prison systems have figured out since. Um, uh, I believe his name is Michael Foucault wrote P- Crime and Punishment mm-hmm. he talk, uh, talked about prison isolation solitary confinement solitary confinement is one of the oldest practices that we used to torture people we still do man fucks people up for life yeah I said one of the oldest meaning it's still prevalent today we isolate people and when you sh- you know when you say people can't interact with people they start to lose it they go crazy, and it's not. Um, it, it 
it tells you that we were built as social animals, hunter and gatherer societies, um, with worked a, with off a couple clans of, with a couple outliers here and there. Like, well, like clans feud and and cultures right. collide every once in a while, but there's still families. But but once in a while, there's Jeff who, who who much prefers to live by himself. Jeff, it's some random oh, fucker. That, yeah, yeah. That 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 all this clan stuff. He was like, you know what? I'm just gonna be a hermit. He wasn't built that way. Again. I'm just I'm just saying that you got to yep. give room that as humans there's outliers. There's wow. a, the, the, but no one, I don't think you can find even the hardest motherfuckers in San Quentin who will be put in a, a solitary confinement. I don't think any of them are going to be like, yeah, all right, I can deal with this for you know twelve years. <laughs> but, but here's the thing, I think it drives them all nuts. What drives them insane is not so much that we're not social that we're social animals, which you're right, we are very social. But another thing is this concept of productivity. People are in their deepest depression when they don't feel they're productive. Mm. When you are stuck in solitary confinement, you're alone, you're ostracized, and you're unproductive. Yeah. Because you're forced to be that way. Um, and, and I think that's one of the worst feelings for any human to feel is the sense of... Because when you feel unproductive, you feel unworthy. When you feel unworthy, that's when you really start losing your mind. But the flip side of that, though, is that people who are depressed, they don't want to do anything. Uh, and they, they don't want to be productive. Uh, they don't sometimes they can't, man. So, 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 sometimes exactly. I know, I know for a fact, I, I understand now that you know being depressed will, will cause you to feel hopeless. And you can't um, just turn it off like a, a light switch. But but you didn't even, you didn't make some kind of an effort though. I, that's one thing I, I do agree. And because for yeah. me, dude, there's some weeks I don't want to get out of bed. There's some weeks uh, where where uh, and I, that's that's you being where I, I I get paralyzed. I I literally get creatively paralyzed. Whereas like I just can't work on that script. I just can't play music. I just can't do anything. Mm-hmm. But it's for me. This is just for me talking. Mm-hmm. It goes back to like. Me going like fuck. I'm I'm feeling this way because I'm feeling unproductive because I'm, st- I'm I can't do that. So let me work on something smaller and unrelated. Let me work on like this poem. Mm-hmm. Let me work on fixing something. Yeah. And once you get like a certain, high, I wouldn't say a high, but you get a certain like thing of like, hey, I feel pretty productive. I think I can, now I can go back to what I was working on. But that's just me. But when someone says they're depressed and for months they feel like they can't do shit, I sympathize with that because I, I can relate to that person. Yeah, and that's what they need. They don't need someone to be a dick and say, oh, just snap out of it or turn it like... Uh, but again, I don't know, man. Sometimes you do. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes... No, it's, it's so, never... So, uh, there's been a couple of times where some people were like, Jorge, you're being an asshole, get moving. And that really put a fire under my ass. Uh, but then again, you're right. It's not for everyone. It might be how you, like, what your relationship with that person was. I mean, if they're yeah. a dear friend, they can say that to you. Mm-hmm. If there's some fuck on the street, then, you know, fuck him or, or am I, you know, <laughs> yeah, what business is it of yours? Fuck off. But, um, but I, I sympathize also with it now that, um, if you're if you're feeling depressed and don't want to be produ- uh, productive, um, 
it's very hard to deal with that. Um, and that's not necessarily our goal in life. We weren't made for jobs 40 hours a week, you know, being in a, a, a what do they call it, a cubicle. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. that's not our lives. You know what song really helps me? What? Um, talking about that concept. Uh, Tom Petty. Um, Tom Petty song. You don't have to be a refugee. Oh. You don't, don't have to, to live like a refugee. I saw him live. Oh, that did was, you? Know? That was, yeah, that was like one of my first concerts. But that, that song, I'm like, I listened to it like half. I'm like, yeah, he's right. I don't have to live like a refugee. Maybe somewhere you were kicked around some. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe you were tied up and held for ransom. We should go out to that song. Like, I, I mean, on this recording. <laughs> That that's a golden song. I love that song. Oh man! But anyway, man, we pa- we passed an hour. Damn it! We did it. Thank you so. M- I'm happy that you're part of. You're my hundredth guest. I had so much more to um, say. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you and everybody else. Um, we'll talk after this, still. Yeah, yeah. But oh, song might going crazy. Um, but yeah, thank dude, you for having me. Thanks. Thank for- you so much for like being there in the beginning. Um, I also and, and for supporting the podcast. I also, if I, if you, if you don't like me saying this, then cut it. But uh, this, this podcast, if I recall correctly, uh, I think Thanksgiving dinner or was it Christmas uh, that you had me over? It actually came out of an anxiety attack, didn't, didn't it? This podcast? Well, that was one night that I think you mentioned to me that you were um, wanting to do something. Yeah, before my birthday. Like, on my birthday. But it was, like, the same night that you uh, went to the hospital. Oh, shit. So I think it went back a little bit further than that. No, Was I, that Christmas? Oh, or That or, was Christmas. I, I, went, I went into the ER on Christmas for a panic attack. And I yeah. think, didn't that happen that same night you were thinking about it? or like? No, no. no? This podcast, you know, it's a funny thing you say that. I think this podcast came the month after that incident. It did. Well, I mean, it definitely did. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I had the panic attack on Christmas, which is pretty funny. Because uh, I walked into the door and, and, and the nurses were like, you better be dying because this is Christmas. Like, <laughs> like don't waste our time. Um, and uh, You brought that up, in, well, I think, with some other guest on this show. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. Um, yeah, man. And, and, oh, you better be dying. Yeah. But now... Now I'm in a much better place now. Good. Like, like I was riddled with panic attacks. I was riddled. Yeah. Which is why, you know, l- looking back, having those anxiety moments in my life really messed up opportunities, really messed up relationships, really messed up a lot of things. But at the same time, y- you do see what is consistent. And what is consistent is the people who are there to support you, like you, David. You were there for me for sure. And others, um, so and yeah, man. I, I think this podcast started out of anxiety. It's like I had a, an impulse to do something to not feel productive, <laughs> and now it, it grew on beyond its means. And it, well, not its means, but like I never imagined uh, that we'd be talking to the guest I had on. Like I would never made an effort in my life to seek out artists, to seek out filmmakers, to seek out poets, and really get to know them, and it. it I learned a lot from others and and all that would never be possible if I didn't have the those anxiety the anxiety moments. So there's always an upside. 
you know any listeners out there dealing with with anxiety mm-hmm. um is that it's okay to have them you know it's just it, it's important to to react to them and and uh, if I also may say on behalf of myself and the other 99 people that you interviewed um, thank you for creating this this space for us to to chat oh thank you guys for coming on board the option they always have every including you you always have the option to say no so the fact that you guys say yes and you guys take time out of your life to come sit here for an hour I'm really grateful for that thank you all right Oh man, I'm gonna start crying. <laughs> you, you, you better stop this episode, David. Thank you for so much. Good night. You say this and I say that. You defend and I attack, but we both just love to play the blaming game. We go tit for tat. I know that you won't get back. But if you only knew how I really feel Cause we all just bleed the same I don't even know your name There's something that desperately has to change If we all put down our phones Kings relinquish their thrones I welcome you into your brand new Bring the worst out of ourselves We can make this world a hell I can bomb you even though I'm miles away Stop looking up, stop looking down Your new friends are all around Actions break the barriers of light and sound Cause we all just play the same Something that desperately has to change If we all put down our phones Things relinquish their thrones I welcome you into your brand new home Play with friends Ride